Welcome back to the Jacked and Happy Podcast. Today we got to talk to T.K. Herman, the man, the myth, the legend. Might be a CIA agent, we don't know. He has exited multiple companies, including bouncy houses, tech companies. The guy is always up to something. I know what he's up to uh, in his latest adventure, and it is spectacular. The guy always has a vision. He's a good friend of mine, and I'm excited to have you guys listen in on his knowledge, wisdom, and his perspective of happiness. Stay tuned. Welcome to Jacked and Happy. I'm Elliot Schwartz, whiskey lover, bacon eater, real estate investor, and a big kid at heart. I'm bringing you epic conversations with everyday people doing legendary things who are just as successful as they are happy. Let's freaking go. All right. Welcome to the Jack and Happy podcast with TK Herman. Um, I met TK at a men's event uh, through Johnny L. Sasser called The Wild Man. And we hit it off right away. He's um, he's a brilliant guy. He sold businesses. He's a helicopter pilot. He raised an amazing family. His son's a professional wake surfer. He's like he's kind of like a CIA, like one of the most interesting guys in the world. But you can't really tell until you start talking to him. It's like, holy cow, is there anything this guy doesn't do? But um welcome to the show tk love to have you on yeah thanks so much I, I really appreciate the invite uh for sure you know i've I've enjoyed uh getting to know you over the last uh year year and a half or so so i really appreciate you thinking of me well I, well anytime i can get a, a live ca agent you know and they'll hop on the show i'm, I'm all <laughs> i do have some firearms back there <laughs> yeah i should see? be careful actually because there's some that are probably they're, they're going to become illegal if i don't get them <laughs> registered uh given the uh uh, the whole ATF and the uh, uh, pistol brace issue. Yeah, hopefully that gets shot down. But um, yeah, you, can't, you really can't make out the models in there. I think you're safe from at least the <laughs> perspective of like what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got his dog behind me. Oh, my dog, Lindsay. I just, yeah, I saw your wife just broke in there and take the dogs out. Yeah, so I'll apologize in advance if my, my wife is downstairs. I actually, I think do a podcast right now. And so I've got the dogs up here. Uh, Hazel's here and Henry's over there. Henry has a sweatshirt on because he had surgery a week ago. Oh. So he either has to wear the cone of shame or I felt bad. So I went to the store and got him a sweatshirt. So at least he can't eat the stitches on the side right now. No, a sweatshirt was a viable option. That is way cooler than the cone. <laughs> well, I don't think it's probably a veterinarian approved, <laughs> uh, but at least it keeps from him, him from being able to lick the incision in the stitches. <laughs> well, that's good. Heal up, heal up over there. So first couple questions on the podcast, they're pretty easy. They're layups. Actually, they're not that easy, but um, we were kind of talking about before the show of like why I started it, but I wanted to ask you, jacked and happy, what does happiness mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. I should have asked for some some prep time ahead of this. Um, <laughs> that's, well, this is the only two curveballs you're going to get. Yeah, to me, I would say happiness is just being being content and being in a spot in my life. Um, you know, it, it has nothing to do about money. It has nothing to do about material things. You know, all that could go away, and and I'm just very, I guess again, happy is the word I'd use: happy and content and satisfied. You know, um, with where I'm at in my life, I mean, I've got a lot of things, a lot of things I need to work on both professionally and personally. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work on myself. I've been a, a huge proponent um, of uh, of personal growth and personal development for a number of years. My wife and I both 
invested not only financially significantly, but also really more more so the time. We've invested a lot of time in in the personal growth side of things. And so I find myself today, I'm 51 years old, find myself today at a spot that I'm just really content. Um, you know, and again, that doesn't mean that I'm not driven to accomplish new things or try new things, um, but I'm good, you know, and and I could win the lottery tomorrow and it's not going to change me uh, mm. at all. Um, I could lose it all tomorrow and I'd have to, I guess, switch gears a little bit in a few areas, but it's not going to change me, if that makes sense. I love that. And I love, um, I kind of love where you are in life too. And we'll get into that. You've sold multiple businesses and now you're like recreating what you're, you know, what does, what are you going to do with yourself? So yeah. I love that even in a, in a time of like not knowing what the future is going to look like or what venture you're going to do, that you're totally happy and you've accomplished a lot and you got a great family. And um, do you think that's a mindset shift for you? Or do you think it's just like you've earned, you kind of feel like you've earned your, your right to be happy? Uh, no, I think that, I think, I think a lot of it comes again, just from the personal, like, like the internal work that I've done. Mm. Um, and I've got a lot more to do again, but, uh, um, you know, I used to chase a lot of things, you know, I, I vividly recall, you know, when I was, when I was younger going, man, if I could just make a hundred thousand dollars a year, if I could get to six figures, I'm good, you know, but the problem is you get to six figures and then, and then your lifestyle changes and you're like, eh, <laughs> hundred's not that much. Maybe it's 200. Right. Yeah. And it's been interesting, especially having gone through, um, I made a, a decent sized exit of a company 18 months ago. Um, it's so, it's, it's so interesting. Cause I've got a, a, a friend of mine that lives down the road from me and I've been friends with him for, Oh gosh, probably 17, 18 years. And he is, um, he's about probably 15 or 16 years, my senior. Um, and, uh, he just sold his company actually almost the same time I sold mine for, but his was, uh, 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 $1.5 billion. And so he's Ooh. billionaire. And, wow. but it's, I, I tell you what, it's so interesting, Elliot, because I have conversations with him Yeah, and, um, and the same kind of things that I feel in my life. And I'm, again, I, again, he's here. And I, I can't even go low enough right? <laughs> to show you where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a whole lot of zeros and a whole lot of commas, you know, that, that are different than two of us. Yeah. But at the same time, the feelings are all very, very similar. Mm. You know, like, for example, um, I tell people now that I, that, that what causes me anxiety is that I'm living a life of transfers versus deposits where I've always been used to, Again, I've always had a mechanism to make more money, right? And so I'm in this I'm in this kind of transitional time period in my life where I've sold my businesses, and so I have the ability to keep transferring, you know, for for quite some time. And if I want to, honestly, if I want to change my lifestyle, I can do that the rest of my life, and I'm I'm good. Um, but it's interesting because he and I were just having this conversation via text about a week or two ago, and he feels the same kind of anxiety. Yeah, but he's cognizant enough to goes, I know it sounds insane. Because I know that I will never, I don't have the ability to spend all the money in my lifetime, but it still causes me anxiety. And so th there's moments that I've I've recognized over the last year and a half that that none of it buys you happiness. None of it buys you the peace of mind and the comfort. You know, there's definitely a piece that that goes to I don't have to worry. I don't have to say worry about making my mortgage payment or or paying an electric bill or a gas bill because that that stress is very very real for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. At the same time, this whole notion that, boy, if I could just make X dollars or if I could win the lottery, my life would be good. So not true. So not true. And so I think for me, the journey that I've been on 
uh, that's probably the, one of the most rewarding things that I could say personally that I've done. And also one of the biggest gifts I would say that I've given back to my wife and our family and our kids uh, is being willing to, to look at myself in the mirror and do that kind of work. Dude, that's, I, I honestly think that's the secret to life is like the ability to look at yourself and be happy with yourself and to go through enough personal development where you can actually live into the future, into your future self. And mm -hmm. if you look into your future self and the actions that you're taking, um, God, he just nailed it. It's like the struggles you feel like today are really important in 10 years. They're going to feel like they're absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I'll say this too, because I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be flippant in this when I'm saying, because I get it right. I, I, I yeah. vividly recall, for example, um, in my previous life, my, my father-in-law was well off. And um, I, I, I vividly recall a conversation that he and I were having when I was in college. And, um, and he was saying to me at the time, like, there's more to life than money, whatever. And it was just a kind of casual conversation. I remember, remember sitting there thinking I'm standing in your what, like eight car garage you know, and your Porsches right there and your motorcycles are right there. And he had all these toys. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, that's easy for you to say yeah. where I'm eating ramen noodles in college. Right. Um, but it, it, but it is so true. And, and that's what we try to, we being my wife and I try to instill with our kids, you know, is to, is to, you know, dig in and do that kind of work today, because I look back on my life now, and this is all stuff that I didn't really, A, I didn't even know was there. Right. It was all like, 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 it was, it was under the water level with the iceberg, right? And so it was all subconscious stuff. And, and we try to have conversations with our kids now talking about how doing that kind of work at a young age, and young could be 22, it could be 32, it could be 35, right? But, but doing that work now or, or, or when you're younger, like if I look back and go, gosh, if I knew at 25 or 30 what I know today, and I had done that kind of work, my life would be much more rich. And I don't mean monetarily. I just mean content, happy, satisfied, not feeling like I'm always chasing something. You know, I was somebody that was always go, 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 you know, and, 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 you know, I haven't known each other that long, but if you knew me from long ago, um, I was always on the go. And the truth is I was always doing things to, to fill various voids that I had within me. Right. As opposed to now looking and saying, well, why do those voids even exist? You know, and, and, and do I have the ability to sit down and whether it's meditation or just sit there quietly on the couch, you know, and read a book, you know, and not have this like anxiety that I've got to do something. And again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as though I have that all figured out by any stretch. My wife would probably tell you that, that I've got a long way to go, you know, when it comes <laughs> to, but, but I get it, if that makes sense. I also, it brings up, here's a question for you because I've been struggling with this. I want to get your opinion on this perception. So I'm reading a book called Winning and it's all about how these champions have a chip on their shoulder and how they have that like, almost like anxiety, avoid feel and it drives them to perform at such a high level. And I'm thinking like, I don't really have that because I feel happy. I love my my wife, my my life is good. But do you, do you need a chip on your shoulder or a void to fill in order to like, if you're going through a season of like working your butt off to achieve something, do you need that? Or is that just something that like, a, that some people need? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to think like, 
do I need to like make up a chip on my shoulder to like Rocky get up at five and eat raw eggs every day? Like you, what are, am- you are ugly, Elliot. You're fat. You're stupid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, right, I'm trying to implant it. those seeds in you. <laughs> no, you know, that's a great, it's a great question. And I, I mean, I don't know the answer. My, my gut reaction to that would be no. Um, you know, I, I will say that I'm very, like me personally, I'm very competitive. Um, and so I hate to lose. Right. And so just, just today, it's a long story, but something happened today and I'm trying to try to get a business deal done. I'll just leave it at that. And, and, um, the, the chips are not falling where I thought they were going to fall. And there's, there's an entity that's standing in the way. Okay. So I have decided now that if I can't get the chips to fall a certain way, I'm going to figure out how to crush them (laughs) in another way. Yeah. Right. Because I, because I think it's ridiculous of what, what's happening. And so my point is, is that I don't have a, like, like that's not satisfying any kind of an internal, you know, chip on my shoulder. It's just that competitive nature. Um, but I do think you, I, I think you need to have something that drives you. And for me, it's just, again, I don't have to, uh, I'm not trying to win a game. I'm not trying to, you know, I have to have more money in my bank account, or I have to have these kind of accolades, or I have to, I have to be, you know, somebody who is is on the cover of a magazine and people are talking about me. None of that's really motivating to me um, at all. Uh, to me, I just like I like being a part of something, mm. and I like I'd say the biggest driver for me is I want to leave a lasting impact on anybody I come in contact with. You know, and that's very that's very very motivational for me. So, you know, if 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 we're in a business together or we're just friends. Right. I want to, I want to be able to, to have somebody, you know, 10 years from now going, Oh yeah, I remember the story that TK said, or, 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 you know what, he he was a good example of X, Y, and Z, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in mind that, that to me is like super fulfilling to me. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. No, I I feel like it does one. I'm also very competitive, so I don't really have to find, you know, that feel that voided or get my engines burning that way. I'm just curious, you know, if that maybe was, part of why you were so successful in building up businesses and selling them off and, you know, accumulating a lot and becoming a pilot. I mean, you've done a lot in your life, right? So sometimes, sometimes I feel like that can be like a little bit of a, not a, yeah, I just feel like it, it, I think sometimes like I grew up with trauma a little bit. And so mm-hmm. that drove me to like really make something of myself. And I do think that that is part of the reason why I'm successful. Yeah. And as I'm going through it and working so hard, I did have to like, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting journey. Cause I feel like if I didn't have that in the beginning, maybe I wouldn't have achieved anything and I would have just done nothing. But like along the path of achieving, I've kind of grown to uh, like view happiness as different. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think, you know, I can't say, I, I don't feel like looking back on my life or my uh, career, because you know, I started working for myself at I think age 26. So I've, I've, I've worked for myself and been an entrepreneur for a long time. And, and there was none of that that was, had anything to do with proving anything to anybody um, at all. I think, you know, I suppose if, if anything at all, it was proving it to myself, but even that, you know, I, I've got these stories that live in my head. We all have stories that live in our head. And, and, you know, my four stories have always been, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, I'm lazy. And then I'm an imposter. Um, and so, you know, one would say, maybe I was trying to prove it to myself subconsciously. I'm not even sure that that's the case. Um, I think that I was just always, I've just always been kind of a hard worker. 
Um, and, uh, and I've always, I've just enjoyed the process of building and I've enjoyed the process of also, again, being able to, to, to create an environment where other people can grow. I get the most satisfaction out of that. That was, that was my number one mission. So my primary company was a software company that I co-founded in 2003. And when we sold it in 2021, we had about 120 employees and, um, and, 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 um, did big projects for big companies all over the world. But, uh, what I got the most satisfaction out in that business was was I cared more about the people that that walked in the front door every day that called our company home. And I cared more about them just living a happy life. Like, you know, I, I wanted them to be happy. And I believed that if I focused on that, that that karma would take care of the rest. So I was more focused. Like I cared more about them living a happy life than I cared about the work product they would give back to us in return. And, uh, and I think that philosophy, it may sound basic or it may sound juvenile. I don't know, but I, I think that it created, I know it created an environment that, that, uh, was a very unique culture, uh, for sure. And people feel that, you know, also, I think everything, everything in business is top down and people feel that kind of a mindset. Well, I never worked for you, but I did get to hang out with you at Johnny's event and, um, I could feel that right away. I mean, you were, you would get to know everybody and ask like these amazing questions and really like sit down and get to know somebody. Um, it was, it was just like very apparent that you care about people. And, um, I think that's, I think you're right. I think people can feel that it's like, I don't remember exactly what you you said throughout the, the, the meeting, but I remembered how you made me feel. And that was important. And that was like, I meant something. And, um, I imagine that you made your entire workforce feel like that. So. Well, I I really appreciate you saying that. I, I mean that sincerely. Well, <laughs> I should tell the backstory because you're the one that originally told me. So so the backstory is my wife did a course or, or a mastermind group with your wife that your wife had put on. So that's how we came in contact with one another. I think we started messaging each other on Instagram. Yeah. And then you made a comment at one point about hey, I'm thinking about doing this, this like shoot on helicopters thing. Do you want to do that sometime? I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Well, then I, I don't know how I ended up contacting Johnny. Right. And then I signed up for the thing. Before I, I did. Hell you, I know. And then you sent me a message like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, like but, that was uh, quick. Yeah. But um, no, but it, it's interesting. My, my journey is interesting because um I don't know that I was always that way, right? And 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 these are things that I'm not proud of, but I'm happy to share. Um, so I used to be the person. So I should back up. So um, uh, I went through a divorce about nine years ago, and remarried and married to my best friend. And when we when Jill and I got married, um, uh, we were both kind of always into sort of personal growth and personal development. But I had never done a course before, and I wanted wanted to do a course. And, uh, and she had done one in the past. So we ended up, it's a long story, but we ended up picking this course um, and it was super intense. It was uh, 22 days over the course of four months. Um, everything from, from uh, you know, writing your obituary while you're sitting in a cemetery to just crazy stuff, very experiential. And it was in that process that, that I really, I looked at myself as, as, um, thoroughly and as I, I'd never looked at myself as thoroughly as authentically as I did during that time frame. And one of the things I realized um, during that course was that I would always had good people skills. I was always very friendly and and you know always um, you know w- would make conversation with people. But I was the kind of person that if you and I met at a party 
um, I would be having a conversation with you and I would be sizing you up in my mind. And I'd be, I'd be asking myself and trying to figure out what's the payoff for me to, to have a relationship with you or keep this conversation going. Like what's the payoff down the road. Mm. And, and if I couldn't figure that out, you wouldn't know this again, cause I had good people skills, but what I would do was that I would be looking over your shoulder for the next conversation to happen. And, um, and that's one of those things that, that this course really brought to my eyes was that rather than viewing like conversations and people as transactional, you know, I, I really shifted my mindset a lot, started seeing just the value in everybody that I come in contact with, you know, because there doesn't have to be a payoff. There doesn't have to be something that's known down the road. It, it, it could be the person that's that's working at the gas station, right? There, there, there's, there's a value that person brings to my life. And and the my life will become more rich if I take the time and pause and see the person not only that way, but then also try to understand, you know, their background, their life, their 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 value that they bring. And so again, I wish I could say I was always that way, but but I wasn't. Yeah, but you can't be. And um that's actually something it's interesting you bring that up because I, you know, as you get busier and as you like as you're up to more things, you just logistically can't hang around as many people, right? So you have to be selective in a way um, of guarding your time, setting boundaries, how they're making you energetically feel like, are they actually going to like lift you up to where you want to go or pull you down? So I do think like, as from a human nature standpoint, there has to be some of that, right? Um, yeah, but I, I, I think, I think it, I think the difference is the come from. Right. Because you're right. You're right. So, so you have to be selective um, on, on where you spend your time. We all have 24 hours in the day. Right. Right. But, but I think, I think it's, it's really rooted in the come from, in other words, if I'm saying to you, Hey, I really appreciate the invite to be on the podcast. I, I just don't have time right this second. You know, that's very different than me sitting there going, okay, well, hang on a second. So if I do this, let me see how many followers Elliot has. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I guess that's the best yeah. tangible way I can I can put it in 2023 yeah. language. And go, <laughs> right. Right. Because yeah. I, I don't know how many followers you have, but I look on I look online and you've got 300 followers. And I'm like, you know, Elliot's a nice guy, but I mean, there's no payoff. Right. That's um, true. Yeah. And, and to me, that's a very different, that's a very different mindset. Does that make sense? It is. No, I, I see I was trying to give you an out there because like, you know, you do have <laughs> Like I, I do see from a standpoint, like you do have to be selective, but yeah, um, that's interesting that, so, okay. So you, you, when you realize this, like, was it hard to change that or was it like, would you have to be intentional? Like, I'm sure it would come up a little bit, like, cause it's not like, just cause you realize it, it's not going to go away completely right at all at once. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're all a work in progress, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a whole lot of things that I know today that, that, you know, I should or should not be doing, um, and, uh, and, and I still struggle with doing them. You know, I mean, my, my wife would be the first one to, to acknowledge and, and, and say, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, when it comes to for example, for uh, like validating her feelings, right. You know, especially if I'm the one that triggered her to have her feelings hurt. Like I have a really hard time, you know, pausing and going, okay, you know, and, and, and listening to her and acknowledging her feelings in that regard, I know to do it. You know, I've done enough work 
you know, with coaches and therapists yeah. and all that kind of stuff to understand the words I need to say, but it's really hard for me. Right. And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a continuous work in progress. I think for me, it was just a fundamental shift because in this course that I did, it was, I was getting visual feedback from people. Right. And I don't want to be the person that, that others are saying, yeah, you're not a contribution. Yeah. You're a nice guy, but right. I didn't like that feeling. Cause that's not who I was at my core. Like, like there's identity versus role. Right. So in my, in the core of my identity, that's not who I was, but mm. in the different roles that I was playing, that's how I was showing up. Mm. Uh, and it was, it was, it was, it's, I can't describe the process. It's, it's very difficult to, to describe it to somebody, but it was eye opening to me. And I didn't like that. If that makes sense. No one does. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not a good feeling. Like doing the work is tough, man. And, um, Thanks for, honestly, thanks for sharing that. Like that is very vulnerable for you to say. And like, I, I think that's just like incredible that you're like truly out to make a difference for people and like say the things that like are really hard to say. And that that's hard to say. I mean, so I just honor you for, for like having the courage to do that, man. That's, I mean, that's just a, just a face it head on, tell the world about it. And like, I'm, I'm getting a lot from that. And I know people listening will be like, shit, like that. I do that same thing. And like, I do think too, like once you open that door of truly um, connecting with people and like, like really like in that moment, like when you try to drop everything else and like, you're just like really connecting and trying to lift them up in any way possible, get to know them, make them feel good, man, that's magnetic and people can feel that. And I think that's a skill that I'm trying to, to harness and improve every day is like, not being on my phone when I'm having a conversation, like really being present to everyone who I'm physically talking to, because yeah. there's no way around it. I can't choose my way not to talk to this person anymore. I'm in it, right? right. Like yeah. I can't be selective with my time when I'm literally having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. So, it's, so let so me give like, you. I, I just thought of an example. So, yeah. so, so this is this is the kind. This is the sort of looking in the mirror that I did in this course. I just thought of this. So one of the exercises that we had to do, and I think there was around 20 people, and so so 20 people in the course. And then we had probably, let's call it five coaches, right? That, that were doing, that were kind of coaching the course. And then there's one main guy that sort of runs the thing. Um, but uh, in this particular exercise, um, excuse me, uh, we all sort of stood in a big semicircle. And then one by one, you would walk around the semicircle and I would, I would like stand in front of you, eyeball to eyeball, and yeah. I would look at you and, uh, and I would have in my hand, I think they use like popsicle sticks. And, um, and I would say giver or taker. Okay. So I would look at you and I, and I would, I'm basically letting you know how I feel like you're showing up in this course, oh, right? Giver or taker. Right, yeah. Well, I, it gets worse. It gets worse. Okay? <laughs> it gets worse. So, so I'm sitting there and, and people are walking. And again, I'm a nice guy, right? Yeah. There and, and it's taker, 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 even my wife. Right. Because we did this course together and my, remind you, mind you, we were newly married. Also, we were only married like six months. So then this is where, this is where I give her a tremendous amount of credit also. Yeah. Because she, she was willing at especially a, a very young stage of our relationship mm. to be completely transparent and authentic with me. Yeah. Right. And that's hard to do. It is. Uh, it's hard to do even been, after being married for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I owe her a huge debt of gratitude because of that. But, it, but again, it was taker, taker, taker. Okay. So by the time we're all done, there's 25 votes, right. Or 24, when you take myself out. 
And no, actually, you have to vote for yourself. And I voted myself. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Back up. I didn't. You didn't have to vote for yourself. So it was 24. So I, I had 23 takers votes and one giver vote. Okay. Now, let me tell you, again, if I'm being honest, the one giver vote that I got, I coerced the person to give it to me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not exaggerating because this person comes up and I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> I you know? just need one. I, just I know. I was, I was like begging and she gave me a giver. Right. Okay. So then picture this. So then you had to stand, you had to reline up in this semicircle in order from biggest giver, right? The person that got the most giver votes all the way around the semicircle to the one that got the most taker votes. Okay. So I knew I was the most taker, right? Yeah. Guess, yeah. guess who was on the other side? of me. My Don't wife. say Jill. Don't say Jill. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So again, there, there, there's a couple of examples like that that were similar in the course. And so that's where it was yeah. just such an eye opener to me. And it was hard. It's, I mean, when you get feedback like that, it's like, it's, it's difficult to take in, yeah. you know, but if you're open-minded about it and understand, like I understood that when my, my wife voted me as a taker, you know, she, I mean, clearly she loves me. She married me. Right. right. And she wants me, she wants to see me be the best version of myself. And for me to, to get to that point, I, I, she needs to share, right. Authentic, you know, feedback to me. And also then I've got to be willing to go, okay, that stings, you know, and after the sting wears off, now let's look at that, you know, and that's, and that's where I've, I've spent, I spent a lot of time over the, over the last several years looking at that kind of stuff. Mm, that's so good, man. <sighs> Did you, so did you take it personally at first? Um, no, I think I would have no, no, a little no. bit. <laughs> I don't, I, again, I don't, I don't, I guess I, I, I have to think about my yeah. feeling inside of me. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I did because again, if I was being honest with myself, yeah, I knew that they were right. You know, because I, I, I was always somebody like I could be very manipulative not in a, not in a mean and nasty way, um, you know, or, or, or an underhanded way, but I always knew from a young age how to get my way. Right. And I was very good at that. And, but also like, like a skill like that too, is also what helps me be successful, right. In business. Right. Yeah. Because, because, it's, because for it's, example, it's influencing people is a very like it's sales and yeah. yeah it's for and sure. so like, like with my business partner, you know, we were, we were business partners in our software company for 18 plus years. And, um, and, you know, I, I always say that, that our company wouldn't be what it, what it was at the end without him being my, my business partner. And I hope he feels the same. Right. right. Um, but I also knew throughout our relationship, like I knew that if I felt super strong about something that I could win the argument. Um, I, but I also was smart enough and I, and I had enough self-awareness of, to, to know when not to push it, if that makes sense. Yep. Right. All right, everyone, you know me, I'm not going to promote any products. What I am going to promote are products that align with my integrity, chasing gains, and just great quality. And that's why I partnered with the Good Ranchers Company. They will ship organic, field, living, loving, happy, jacked animals themselves. And we're talking, they're not shot up with all kinds of that nasty stuff that's out there in the market. This is pure goodness. Go to their website, goodranchers.com, put in the code Schwartz20, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z-20, 
and get some money off your first order. It will ship to your house. It's delicious. We got steak, bacon, chicken, the works. If you want to feed those muscles that you're breaking down to have the utmost recovery, energy, swagger, charisma, this is what you're going to want to put in your body. Great organic meat with animals that live happy lives out in pastures. Don't wait. You got this. Invest in your health. I feel like we kind of have that with um, with our marriage too. Me and Lindsay, it's like, not that I manipulate her, she manipulates me. It's like, I feel like if the other person's at a 10 and they want to win, we're just like, you win. Like, it doesn't, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, you clearly are, we really want this one and I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know what yeah, I mean? and, that, and that's something I think, you know, with me. So um, when when Jill and I, Jill is a very, very strong woman. Um, you know, and she's, she's extremely intelligent, very quick witted. That's part, that part of, part of the challenge that I have is that I'm a slow processor and she is fast, fast, fast. And so part of the problem is, is that by the time I've processed something that she's said, especially if we're having a disagreement and I haven't thinking through it, she's already nailed like four more things on my forehead. (laughs) I can relate, man. I can relate to that. But at the same time, um, uh, I, I definitely have had a tendency in my life, uh, again, of getting my way and, uh, and, and it doesn't work with her, you know? Um, and so there, 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 there's a learning process in our marriage that, you know, we went through, especially later in life. It's kind of interesting, you know, when you're 42 years old and, and you're blending, blending two families together with, you know, five kids between us. Um, there are a lot of challenges that come up along the way for sure. But, but, uh, but all those challenges really have, again, led me to where I am today. And, uh, and I'm just so happy, you know, and satisfied with where my life is, uh, at this point in time, we've got five great kids. I couldn't be more proud of the family that we've blended together. Um, we're almost empty nesters, you know, and, uh, I mean, she's my best friend, you know, it's, yeah, it's good. Life is good. You guys have an awesome relationship and, I can relate to being married to a powerful woman. I get that. It takes a strong man to be married to a powerful <laughs> woman. So kudos to you. And you've obviously supported her. You guys are doing great. Um, tell me about supporting her though. Has it ever like, <clears throat> what's it like for you supporting like a very like ambitious, um, just strong, independent woman, right? Like, cause Lindsay's the same way. Do you, is it, do you have to like, did you have to learn to put your ego aside and just like fully support her? Or did that come pretty natural for you or like, yeah, no, I would say no. I mean, it's all, it's just, it's been always been natural to support her a hundred percent, whatever she wants to do. I mean, she's extremely intelligent, very entrepreneurial, very successful in her own life. And, um, and I, I also am not somebody that has a big ego. So I've never, whether it's in my own companies or just in my life, I'm not the person that needs to be at the front of the room. I would rather, I would rather lead from the back of the room. Mm. Um, and I'd rather have other people take the accolades. Like I don't want the accolades. And so, um, you know, that's never been an issue for me at all. Um, I think, you know, we have different, we have different ways of approaching solving problems. Um, and that's probably, that's, if there's a challenge in it, that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, because I'm, I'm, I live my life through my head and my logic and she lives her life through her heart and her emotions. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's difficult, you know, cause there's so much that goes on gut feel for her where I might be way more analytical and go, hang on a second, let's think about this. And, and she'll be like, nope, I'm doing this. And I'm like, um, okay, what about this? You know what I mean? So, so I, I've learned to adjust because honestly, 
what I have seen, there's there's two there's two things. One, I have seen that the vast majority of time, her instinct and her gut is correct. The the vast vast majority. Yeah. Um, and then there are, there are other times too that that there are things that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. You know, but at the same time, for her to learn the lesson, you know, she has to live through the process, and that's that's a tenant. That's that's certainly a holdover from my business experience and my entrepreneurship uh, experience is that putting people in 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 positions where they're learning a lesson is is in my opinion way more important than me telling them what they should or should not be doing. You know, I, I'm just a firm believer that we all have to live through the experience to really get the lesson. Uh, yes. And when I look at my kids, for example. Um, you know, with our kids, our kids are 18 uh, to 24, there's five of them. Uh, and um, it's very easy for me to go, okay, well, I'm 51. So in order for me to be 51, I had to be 24, 23, 21, 20, and 18, <laughs> right? So I've lived all these ages, right? Yeah. I've never been a female, but but I, I've lived all these ages. And, and so it's super easy for me to go, well, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. Um, and so but but that doesn't work, right? Because for the for for the kids to really understand this, they have to live through the experience. What what I try to do, and I think what Jill does also, is we try to we try to to tell them experiences that we had, uh, the pros and the cons of how we approach things, right? And then that way, when something comes up, they'll it might click on their head like, oh yeah, that was what my dad or my mom was talking about you know, and, and it helps make the lesson more clear. So if it could become, because a lot of times, you know, the way that the, you could say God, universe, whatever you want to say, the way that the, the, the world works and the universe works is that it's going to give you the lesson over and over and over again until you actually learn the lesson. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so the point is, is that if, if my wife and I can, can, can talk to the kids about something and that maybe the second time, the universe presents the lesson to them, it clicks as opposed to it having to take eight more times and three more years after that. Right. Then I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it um, makes sense. And I've always, to, I've always, yeah, I've always tried to do that like from a business perspective. Cause there were like, there's one time in particular that uh, it does, the, 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 the details of it are irrelevant, but it, it's, it's kind of silly, the situation, but there was a decision being made at our company that I'm sitting in the room and and the and the idea was thrown out and I'm literally sitting there in my head going that this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life like this is not going to work it's a terrible idea but I also rather I could have easily jumped in and said this is a terrible idea um but I but I I quickly made the assessment that okay if this goes like I think it's going to go and it's and, and and it's a terrible idea what is the impact and the impact was almost nothing. Like it didn't really matter, right? And so, rather than stepping in and 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 saying this is a terrible idea, let's not forget I'm the CEO. We're doing it my way. I'm like, awesome, let's try it, right? And then it was a terrible idea. It ended up being a terrible idea. And so, what happens then after they after we we do this thing, and then a couple of days later we're sort of doing a post mortem, right? And they're all having the conversation about what a terrible idea was. There's <laughs> so much more you know, that that's gained from that than me telling them do right. this or don't do that. Right. Yeah, plus the fact you. I'm not always right either. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm absolutely not always right uh, by any stretch. So, so why not let people make those kind of mistakes? Yeah. It's, I, I think for me as like, 
I'm such a control person, that would be really challenging for me. And I don't, maybe you kind of lose that, like being a dad and just time and time again, like, okay, he's going to fall. That's fine. Like you see it enough where it's like, I'm not attached to him, like not being, not making this decision. I'm, I'm good if it goes either way. And I feel like I, it's, I don't know. I just feel very, I feel like I would have trouble letting my son, like, or family or like team around me, <laughs> you know, like they're going <laughs> to learn this the hard way. I know there's not much impact. I'm just going to sit that one out. Like, I think that's, um, <laughs> that's probably a skill. Like you probably learn over time because that would be, I think that'd be a tough one for me. <laughs> well, I think, you know, cause if, if, if Jill were sitting here too, I mean, Jill would, I'm not talking out of turn. She would say that she's a control freak, yeah. you know, and, and, and part of her reason for being, you know, wanting to be in control and being controlling is because she grew up in a, you know, her childhood was, was very chaotic. Right. So, so there's a lot of like childhood trauma that goes along with that in her case. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, but I don't, I don't have that same thought process uh, on my end. I think, I think the opposite is true on my end. My end is like, well, I'm not, I, I get my head trash. I know I'm not that smart. Right. I know I'm not that good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to rely on other people, but I will say that, that as, again, as I sort of matured and grew in my entrepreneurship experience, um, I learned a lot of lessons early on too, that, that like, for example, there was one, this is a great story. There was one person we had hired. Um, her name is Brooke. And, uh, and we hired her like six months in, I'm like, I don't think she's working out. This is just not good. She's not doing a very good job. And, um, uh, I was really close to firing her. Like, I think she needs to go. And uh, so I call her in my office one day and we're having a conversation. And I don't remember even the, con I don't remember the questions I was asking her, but I was asking her some questions. And by the responses that I was getting back from her, it became obvious to me that the issue is less hers and more mine because I was not giving her enough rope. In other words, I, I wasn't mm. giving her enough latitude to, to, to make the, the changes and then do the things that she wanted to do. And, 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 and uh, there's a great, one of the, you know, uh, long-term personal development books is seven habits of highly effective people. Yep. And um, I read that back when I was in college. And one of the, one of the stories in that book that Stephen Covey talks about is he talks about how he had given his son the task of, of mowing the yard. And he was getting very frustrated because his son was not taking care of the yard the way that he would take care of the yard. And he realized, you know, fairly early or after some, some angst on his end, he realized that, that the issue is him wanting his son to do it the same way that he was doing it. When instead he said, you know what, I need to step back and go, what's really important to me? Well, it's important to me that the yard is green and it's clean. Right. And so, so if I give my son those two directives, I need to, I need to get to a place where I'm okay with him doing it however he wants to do it. If the lines don't go the right way, that's okay. You know, and he realized after he said green and clean are the goal and he let go of the rest of it, that was a pivotal moment for him. And it was the same thing in this conversation because I realized that I was not giving her enough rope. And uh, and it's interesting because after I didn't let her go, obviously, and she ended up just taking off in terms of um, just really being um, an integral player at, at that time in our business. And here's the cool part, right? So today, this is many years, this is years and years ago. This would have been like circa 2006, probably, this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and and today she is has got a very 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 high up job at Adobe, 
In other words, she's been on the stage with the CEO of Adobe doing a presentation at their big developer conference. She's oh. been on the stage at Apple's developer conference doing a, a, a huge demo. She's a speaker at South by Southwest. I just saw, I follow her on Facebook. Um, and it's so cool to see her career, you know, today and, and, and know, like, I don't know if she, I think I have shared the story with her, but I don't know if she understands the impact that she had on me in that particular situation, right? And so I learned a lesson from that. And and going back to the the desire to contribute to somebody's life, you know, one of the things that I get a lot of joy out of is when I see her again announced a couple of days ago that she's going to be a speaker at South by Southwest. I'm like, that's so cool, man, because I know she remembers working for us, right? I know that. Um, yeah. and, and, and hopefully... I like to think that there's one or two things that she took away from 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 our small company that she was able to take over to her team at Adobe, for example. That to me is like hugely satisfying. That's so cool. I mean, there's got to be just a crazy ripple of of all the impact we make for other people that we just will never see. You know? Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. That's a whole nother podcast in well, itself, the butterfly effect, <laughs> the butterfly effect, right? I'll give you an example. So, um, so I'm in, a, I'm in a business group in Nashville. I go down, in fact, I'm going tomorrow to Nashville. So I go to Nashville once a month for this business group for two days. And, um, and I had to do a presentation, uh, back in November. And so I ended up, uh, bringing down, um, like 20, I don't know, 25 copies of different books that were, that were in, that were influential to me, you know, over the last five or six years. Um, and I gave these books out uh, to the, the people in the group. And so fast forward to December, I'm at the Christmas party, you know, for this group. And, uh, and one of the guys in my group, his wife comes up and she's a therapist or a counselor. And, uh, she comes up and she's like, Hey, I want to tell you something. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I got to tell you. Um, and I, she, she, she said, you know, um, Jackson brought home, uh, you know, XYZ book. And, um, she goes, you know, I, I don't, have a tendency to recommend books to my clients. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I started reading this book and I thought, man, this would be perfect for this particular individual. And uh, and she goes, so I gave him a copy of the book and he went home and read it. And she goes, I have to tell you, she goes, he, he came back and told me um, how pivotal it was for him at that moment in his life. Mm. That she, she was sharing with me that he was actually a suicidal. And she goes, wow. you know, I don't know what the outcome will be long-term wise, but that book for him, at least in this moment right now has been life-changing, you know, for him. So, yeah. So to your point, I think those things happen frequently, you know, and most of the time you don't really understand, you know, or really truly get the impact that you're having on somebody else. And that's why I think that, and that's why I try to show up, you know, on a daily basis, we, you know, in life, you can either be a giver or a taker. Um, and obviously it'd be great to be a giver all the time. I don't think that's hundred percent possible. I think even the best people with the best of intentions be are end up being takers at some point. But Absolutely. the point is, is that I try to show up as, as being more a, a giver, right. More often than I'm a taker, uh, in relationships. And then I just trust, I have trust and I have faith and belief that, that, that those ripple effects will happen. And also I believe too, that. I'm a big believer in karma that if I, that if I'm putting good vibes into the world uh, out there, that good things will come back my way. I don't know what, uh, in what form, but I believe they will. I a hundred percent agree with you. It's like the open hand analogy, right? It's like, if you have everything, your clothes off like this, you can't, you can't receive anything anyway. So it's mm -hmm. like the more you, the more you give, the more you receive, the more you, 
So like any event, it's like anything you go to, any business, any relationship, the more you put into it and pour into it, unless you're in a, just a terrible relationship or not a good business, the more you'll get back. And I truly believe that. And to circle full circle around to the billionaire, people are so connected and similar that it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. We all have similar stories. We all can relate to each other. And, um, a book that made a difference for you that was very influential in your life made a huge difference for somebody who was on the absolute down and out suicidal, probably a way yeah. different circumstance than you were in, but yeah. you both found yeah. a lot of value in that same book, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I love that, man. But, um, and in spirit of honoring <laughs> your time and I, I think you're getting over being sick. I can hear it in your voice. Well, I, you know, it's so funny cause I've had, uh, um, I had COVID. Well, I've had COVID three times now. Um, so I had it in <laughs> You're 2020. You're setting a record over there. I know. I had it in 2020. Um, and I was, I'm, and I'm never sick. Like I never get colds or anything. Yeah. And I was sick, sick uh, in 2020 for about eight days. Um, and then I uh, had it again in October of this year. And then uh, um, I, about two weeks ago or so, wasn't feeling good. And I'm not 100% sure this was COVID because uh, I didn't go get tested, but I lost my taste and smell. Um, and so I'm on the up, I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine now. I still have a little bit of a cough, yeah. uh, left over and a little bit of a runny nose, but not a big deal. No, you sound good. You look good, dude. You're, you're on the men. That's for sure. But yeah, man, I just really appreciate you hopping on and I'm going to put this on my podcast because I think the world needs to hear it. TK was thinking about doing a podcast while flying his helicopter or plane, which one, the helicopter, either one. Yeah. Either yeah. one. So yeah. I think it should happen. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> I want to be a guest, but no, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's a really cool idea and Hey, you don't have to do it, but now the world knows that you're capable of doing it. So you might want to think about it. I, I should, you know, it's so funny because, um, like getting outside of my comfort zone, I mentioned to you before we started recording that I just put up my first, uh, aviation video, you know, and it's, and, and I, I take for granted, I've been a pilot for, for 26 years now. And, um, uh, and I take that for granted, you know, um, my passion, my passion is aviation, um, in fact, as a matter of fact, it's been interesting because the weather has been terrible uh, here. I live in Indiana. It's just been terrible. Like it's sunny outside right now, but literally until like two days ago, it's been cloudy since before Christmas and cold. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I've almost gotten into this like seasonal depression phase, you know, and to the point where my wife, like a, like a week or so goes like, what's wrong with you? And, um, <laughs> and it's interesting because um, my helicopter is actually in, in the shop right now, getting some work done. And, uh, and I haven't, it's going out and flying. That is meditation for me. It really is. Mm. You know, I just, that, that, that to me is sitting there. And a lot of times I might fly it probably four or five times a week. And literally sometimes I'll just go fly around for 20 minutes and come back and land. And, so and to cool. me, it's just like this calming sort of thing. And I think for me, you know, my mind is go, 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 go all the time. And that's one of the things I love so much about aviation is that there's two things. One, when I'm in the plane or in the helicopter, that's one place that I'm disconnected from everything. Um, and and two, it's also a place that I have to focus. Uh, you know, and, and and especially in the helicopter, I mean, things can go wrong very fast and something like that. But uh, uh, I just like I like the fact that I have to focus and and be intentional and in the and the uh, intensity of the focus. You know, I like that. And and I think. The aviation part's interesting too, because this gives some insight into me. So I've been an airplane pilot again since, since uh, I got my license in 1997. 
um, wow. and uh, and flown airplanes. I've owned airplanes uh, for a long time. Having an airplane for for having an airplane and being able to fly like general aviation planes for a small business is a game changer. Um, you know, my airplane to me was a tool when I had my business. I mean, it was it was it allowed me to get to customers when my when my competitors were trying to do Zoom meetings, and nothing will ever. Uh, take the place of sharing oxygen with somebody else. But um, but getting my helicopter rating was something that I always wanted to do. It was a bucket list for me. Um, honestly, I never, ever, ever thought I would do it. Um, and then uh, one day, uh, a new flight school opened where I live and they had helicopters. I'm like, okay, this is, if there's ever a time to do it, now is the time. Yeah. Um, and I, so this has been, this has been like the fall of 2020. And, um, and so I go and I start taking lessons and it, I've all, I've always put myself in spots where I, where I'm like the low man in the totem pole. Right. And so, um, so I, I start taking helicopter lessons and it was challenging. Like it was not a simple thing for me, even though I've been a pilot for a long, long time, flying an airplane, and helicopter, very, very different wow. to the point where there were a couple of times where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have to do this. Um, I've always wanted to, but I mean, if I back out, like it's not that big of a deal. No one's <laughs> yeah. going to care, right? Yeah, yeah. But but it was challenging. It was really challenging to me, and I had to force my way through it, right? Mm. And and uh, it, it, I think there's a lot of lessons in that, you know, uh, alone. But um, it, it's cool now because, um, you know, never in my life, ever, ever, ever did I think I'd ever learn to fly a helicopter. Never thought I would do it. Always kept it on my bucket list. Never thought I would. Uh, so I learned to fly a helicopter. Never in my life ever did I think I'd own a helicopter. And, and when I sold uh, my business, that was the reward to myself. I bought a helicopter. And so, so you know, never in my life thought I'd ever do that. And we live out in the country. And so I have it at my house, right? I've got a hangar um, built like a barn, uh, but it's a hangar um, behind our house and I keep it there. And so never in my life, can I swear on the podcast? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Never in my life did I ever fucking think ever in my life that I would have a helicopter at my house. And so I pinch myself every time I go outside and I open the the door to the hangar and open it up and I see it sitting there. It's just like this, like, I don't know, like this sense of accomplishment, this just, I cannot believe that I have this mm. sitting there and I cannot believe that I know how to fly it. Um, you know, and it's just, it's a huge passion for me. Um, I just need to get more friends that want to go flying with me. <laughs> <laughs> they live closer. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I honestly, it is actually a goal. So our daughter lives in Phoenix, uh, where you are. And, um, uh, it is a goal of mine at some point to fly the helicopter out. Uh, I just think it'd be the coolest thing ever to be able to like, you know, fly uh, up to Sedona and just all around. Uh, but, but it's, it's getting from Indiana to Phoenix. Um, yeah. That's the part that I don't want to do because that's a long way. <laughs> well, it would be a hell of an entrance if she didn't know it was coming and all of a sudden you landed in a helicopter to pick her up somewhere. That would be really <laughs> cool. That'd be like a, a Bruce Wayne moment or a billions moment, you know, that'd be awesome. And if I can yeah. have any part in helping orchestrate that, I will. So all if right. you're going to do that, right. let me know. Perfect. I will, I'll figure out some way to make that happen. <laughs> But man, awesome. dude, you, you need to come to Indiana, come to Indiana. We can pull some guns down off the wall. We've got, we've got plenty of land here that we live out in the country can shoot them and then uh, go for helicopter rides. I probably won't be able to take the door off like we did in Texas. Uh, <laughs> and we, went to and we were hanging out outside of a helicopter by a strap, like literally outside <laughs> of a helicopter. And they're like, go further. And I'm like, 
I don't want to. This is terrifying. Yeah, yeah my neighbors, like we again, we live out in the country of like 30 acres. And uh, none of my neighbors have ever complained about me taking off or landing in the helicopter. They might if I show up and start shooting guns out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that could that you. could potentially be a problem. <laughs> we'll have to talk to them beforehand. No, that's awesome. Yeah. But I think no. I think the last thing I'll say on the, on that topic though, I think that it's just it's such a good testament to um, again, to take in on yourself. And, uh, and, 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 and it, I just can't, I, I can't encourage people enough that if they've got a dream like that, mm. they're, they're, my favorite song is, uh, is by Jimmy Buffett and it's called someday I will. And I love that song because in the song he talks about, you don't have to have a plan. You don't have to know how it's going to happen. Just say someday I will. Right. And then, and then basically you're, you're trusting that, 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 that the universe will take care of that for you. I mean, we've all heard about manifestation boards and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, And, and that, this is such a huge testament, you know, uh, uh, to that. I think we just got our soundbite because that's a, that's a mic drop moment right there. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been great to catch up. Oh, likewise, man. And, um, I'm sure like I'll have you back on I have I had a lot of fun with this conversation I feel like we didn't even get to touch on so many different things so um I appreciate you taking the time and I respect the hell out of you uh how you showed up at the event and just who you are as a human being I didn't I would have given the giver tag to you but you know (laughs) maybe maybe you're a completely different person by by then who knows but man just thank you so much and um I'll text you when this is gonna launch and everything and tag in it and um is there any like social media platforms you want people to go to, or you just want me to send them to your Instagram? Yeah. Instagram. I mean, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I do have a Twitter, but I don't, I don't actually, I'm not on it very often, but, uh, Instagram, Facebook or, or YouTube, it's just TK Herman, Perfect. uh, no spaces. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all on the, I'm on the YouTube thing. So if, if anybody is interested in aviation, uh, subscribe to my channel, uh, yes. I have no desire. I have no no plans to make any money on it. I just think it's fun. And if you're into if you're into aviation and want to see some behind the scenes stuff, I've only put up a couple of videos. Um, actually, I'm flying to Nashville tomorrow, and I already have in my head because the first two videos, one in the airplane and one in the helicopter, I'm not doing enough narrating and talking. And so, um, especially in the helicopter one, like I'm doing in the helicopter, I'm with my instructor, and we're doing auto rotations, which yeah. is what you know, happens with the engine bits. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I understand what's happening here, but if you're not a pilot or a helicopter pilot, you may be like, what's the big deal? Like, you, you know, I'm not even saying, yeah, the engine's off right now. <laughs> it's really so scary I'll, I'll, right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll do more narrations. Although I will say the last thing I'll say though, is on that, I started watching yesterday because our, we have a three-year-old grandson and he was over and, uh, somehow or another popped up on YouTube and, and, um, and my wife started watching and my wife hates, my wife's not a fan of flying period. Right. Even commercials, she doesn't like fly. Yeah. Uh, she will, but she's only ridden in the helicopter, I think two times. Um, and she's like, and I'm like, come on. And she's like, that's your thing, not mine. So I was hoping that Rocco, our grandson would let me watch the whole thing through. So she could see a, if the engine quits, what happens? And more importantly, at the end, the instructor tells me what a good job I do flying the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are really good at this. There's yeah, no so, way, no way anything bad will happen to anybody with you as yes. pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Thanks, well, thanks so much. Man. I, appreciate I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely.